I appreciate that new song there. We'll, uh, we'll be in Philippians 2 this morning. If you want to go ahead and join me and turn it there in your Bibles. That's uh, Philippians chapter 2. We uh, looked together last time at really kind of a logistics type thing as um, he gives a description there in Philippians 2 about sending Timothy. Um, and, and so the, the plan was uh, for Timothy to go, first of all, and that he would begin that, that process of sort of setting, uh, of, of checking up on the church there in Philippi and, and finding out, okay, have they taken to heart the teaching? Well, the question perhaps comes up, well, how would they even know the teaching, right? If, if Paul's still in Rome... And, and the answer is, is right here in Philippians 2, beginning of verse 25. And, and that's because this letter is going before Timothy ever gets to Philippi. And it's going to be delivered by Epaphroditus. And so that's, that's what we're going to learn about here. This, this um, model of maturity, a faithful servant, Epaphroditus, and Paul's going to commend them to the church. So Epaphroditus is one who is, is going out and, and traveling, uh, a messenger who Paul is sending out, but he's someone who's actually from Philippi. They know him. They know his background. They know his history. And um, as we consider this, there, there are two different things that I want us to, to think about as, as we are talking about someone who is being sent out to Philippi and, and the first part of that has to do with how do we treat those who are uh, in service to the Lord, and in particular thinking about missionaries and, and their particular roles, someone who is, is being sent out. And, and so um, the second part, uh, just very simply, is, is for us to get down and understand the, the focus of, of the reasons behind which Paul is sending out Epaphroditus. And so uh, we'll, we'll get the details and the logistics, uh, but I, I'm hoping through this we will just get a heart and a desire to look after those who are serving the Lord, and in particular those on the mission field. So Philippians 2, beginning in verse 25, I'll read aloud for us, yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you, and was full of heaviness, because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Verse 29, I'll receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation because of the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. And, and so, as we consider this passage, kind of the subtitle is sort of serving the sent, right? How are they supposed to look after this one and consider this one who's being sent out and returning home to them? Well, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we uh, look at this passage today and Consider your working in the early church, this early church of Philippi. We consider the way that you worked and that you used people uh, traveling on the road, serving and, and seeking to do uh, your, your will and your bidding. Father, we pray that today our hearts would be moved 
with compassion, that we would be overcome by the sacrifices that, that some take for the name of Jesus Christ. And, and Father, that our hearts would be burdened for, for what we could do to better serve them and encourage them as they face life's challenges. Lord, we pray that today would be one of personal examination for how we could be a better friend to those you have sent out for your service. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so serving the sent, and uh, we see at the very beginning that Paul starts with a commendation here, and so the, the very first example we have here of, of Paul and how he's serving this missionary is, is that he is commending him. Now, you say, well, well, Paul sent him out. Doesn't it make sense that he would also send that commendation? Well, we've sent out missionaries as well, right? The Carlisles are out from this church. He, Paul's not the only one who can send missionaries. Grace Baptist Church right here in Hampton, Virginia has sent out missionaries as well. And so uh, we have those who are serving in faraway places who are still members here, right? And yet they're, they're serving the Lord. And so uh, so what, what do we begin with? Look at the very first verse there in verse 25. And uh, we have this description here, yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. And, and who is this one? How does he describe him? First, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, the reminder, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. So what an what a incredible start. I mean, if you were going to have a letter from Paul and it was going to say all those nice things, that's pretty nice, isn't it? It's a little bit unusual here in a sense, because if you look at the, the latter part of that verse, but your messenger, they would have known Epaphroditus. Uh, he was from Philippi. He was one that they had allowed and, and actually sent out themselves to be a minister unto Paul as, as he went through this. And so Paul decides to send him back. Now we'll look more specifically at the reasons for, for why he's being sent back uh, in just a bit. But one of the things that Paul's making clear here is uh, he, he's not sending him back because something is somehow lacking in Epaphroditus. Right? Uh, and, and I think this is a, an important concept just to re remind ourselves that, you know, there are times missionaries go out on the field and for various reasons come back. And, and at times there can be almost an assumption that, well, I wonder what went wrong, right, or, or something like that. We, we need to make sure that we have a heart that is, is ready to uh, understand and, and evaluate that sometimes God's plan is different uh, than, than maybe what we're thinking or what we think it should be. And Paul here wants to make it clear from the very beginning. Hey, that this, is, this is someone who is worthy of commendation. This is worth, who is, is worthy of, of uh, really honor and being commended because of his service to the Lord and to me. He, he calls him his brother. He wants to make clear, this is a believer. This is, this is someone who loves the Lord. And, and not just a Christian, but my brother. Right? Someone I love and care dearly about. He's a companion in labor. He's, he's someone who has tirelessly worked for the cause of the gospel. In fact, he uses a term here uh, to, to describe him, which he, he often will use companion in labor, but he used a term that's a little bit unusual, fellow soldier. Um, it's unusual for Paul to use 
soldier imagery. He usually did not use military imagery. Now, perhaps that was because Philippi was a, a for, former Roman garrison and they would have known military things. Uh, you know, you think of, think of our area, you, you start talking about military here and a lot of people know what you're talking about. Um, and, and so perhaps that was the reason and, and the choice. Uh, perhaps it had to do with just the fortitude and the endurance of what Epaphroditus had recently been through in his service to the Lord. But regardless, he, he notes here that this is your messenger, you sent him, and so as I'm commending him and giving him this commendation, some of this as well is, is in reference to the fact that you sent him along. Right? You, have, you have aided in these ministry efforts and endeavor. And that he ministered to my wants. In other words, he's taken care of me. And uh, Paul notes that very clearly. What, what does this mean in re- reference to our missionaries then? Can I, can I encourage you in, in certain areas as you think about those who are serving on the field and involved in missionary service? Can, can I encourage you to, as you think about them, think positively of them? And I know that sounds strange. Think in a positive manner in regard to what they are going through and what they're putting up with. What do I mean by that? Don't don't assume that the one who goes to Antigua or Hawaii or whatever is there to go on vacation, right? That happens. Yeah. Oh, he's over on that tropical island. It must be really hard. Don't let that be your first thought, right? The, the one who comes back home, don't, you know, maybe it's for health needs. Well, I guess they didn't cut, couldn't cut it, right? They, they couldn't handle life over there in that hard country. Don't make that your first assumption. Right? Don't, don't think that way. Um, you know, other, other, other common things, you know, uh, well, I, I, they're just going back home. Maybe they weren't sick. Well, I guess they, you know, they, they realized that they, they just couldn't handle it over there. They're not smart enough to learn the language or, you know, fill in the blank. All of these thoughts, these are things that I have heard in regard to missionaries before. Don't let that be your first thoughts about missionaries. Right? We, we ought to commend folks for being willing to uproot their lives and go out in service of the Lord. Praise the Lord if they're able to have a long tenure on the field. Praise the Lord if they're able to go out there and serve for long periods of time. And if God redirects by his providence, then praise the Lord as well. Right? Give God... The, the freedom and authority to exercise his will. And don't place judgment upon the missionary just because we're guessing about what may have happened. We should commend missionaries. We should hold them in high esteem. And with that, as they're going through these trials on the field, we, we need to empathize with them. And I'm trying to figure out what the right word here is, but the, the, the concept is that, that we, as we learn about and read letters and, and find out what the struggles are, we ought to be moved by what they're going through. We, we ought to have compassion 
upon what they're, you know, as we think about what they're enduring. I mean, uh, I visited Poland a couple times for about two weeks. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. First time I went, I remember going to Poland and, and, and you know, thinking, okay, I got to get ready, you know, I'm going to like a third world country here and you know, am I, am I going to be sleeping out in the hut or something? You know, that, I, I did not have a good idea of what was going on. And then I got there, and I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. I wish we had that. And, you know, different things. You know, it, it's, it's a whole different mindset. And, um, and then, you know, from Anya's parents' house, we walked over to a, a big store. At that time, it was called Real. They changed the name. Now it's Oshan. And it was, it was Super Walmart. And I, I walked into Super Walmart, and I said, you know, this isn't so bad. Right? And you, you, you start to think, okay, this, I, I might be able to make it two weeks. <laughs> I mean, that, that's where I was, right? I, I, was, I might be able to make it two weeks. And I, I tell you, by the time two weeks were up, I was ready to come home because it's all different and it's all weird and it's all uncomfortable. And not everybody speaks English. And... Some of the Polish people are rude. <laughs> Some of them are nice, but, you know, I, I mean, the, the exterior component. In, in Poland, they don't just smile walking down the street. You know, around here, you pass them by, you smile at them. And over there, you smile at them, and there's a you know, straight face. I mean, it, it's, it's just Western Europe. I mean, that is culturally what you do. You're, you're kind of hard on the outside, and once people get to know you, then you, you know, it's... It's nice and friendly and everything else. It's a little bit opposite of the South here in the United States where you're nice and friendly, but you never let anybody in and know what's really going on. That we work the opposite way. So it was a little bit to get used to. And I was only there for two weeks. And boy, by the end of it, it just feels really awkward. It feels really weird. And I knew I was going home. What should we do? We, we need to empathize with those who are going through these challenges. Let's look at verse 26 here. He longed after you and was full of heaviness because that she had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. You know, in these verses here, we have the two reasons in which Paul sent Epaphroditus back to Philippi. The, the first was back there in verse 26, he longed after you all. Epaphroditus was homesick. He was concerned about those. And, and why was it? Because he knew that they heard he had been sick. Right? So, so he, the word got back to Philippi, Epaphroditus, our messenger, is sick. And Epaphroditus, who's now well, is thinking, boy, they're going to be so worried about me. They're, they're going to be concerned about me. Here in verse 26, right? He longed after you all. He's full of heaviness. Why? Because they knew he was sick. You know, this, this isn't like today where you just pick up the phone or, you know, whatever. This is, this, this is multiple day journey, week, you know, week's journey. I don't know. It's a, it's a, but it's, it's not an immediate thing. 
And so no one could just call. If, if they were going to find out, someone had to be sent to let them know the status update on Epaphroditus. And he was worried what they would think of, you know, during that time. He knew that they would be moved. Are we moved like that? When you hear that a missionary is sick on the field, are you moved like that? You know, Leanne Waite, who's going to be here with us next week, she, she's had multiple surgeries and heart ablations and things recently and, you know, over the past year or so. And we pray for her on Wednesday nights. You know, we, we certainly care for the Waits, and we've been praying for them. But uh, do we approach it this way, where we're so moved that they're concerned about us getting an update because we care that much? Do we ever communicate back and let them know, hey, we're praying for you. Hey, we're concerned about you. What, what is that? That's, that's caring about what's going on on the mission field, and, and we should do that. So, so what were the, the two reasons here? The first was that his longing, Epaphroditus. The second reason um, was, was because Paul sent them, why, in verse 28, that you may rejoice and that I may be less sorrowful. He didn't want them to be down. So, so Paul's concern was first for Epaphroditus and his longing to be back because he was concerned about them. His second reason was that he wanted those in Philippi to rejoice as they were heard about uh, Epaphroditus' wonderful recovery, that they would be excited. Now, reminder again, where's Paul at this time? He's in a prison in Rome. Epaphroditus has been sent for the purpose of ministering to Paul and helping him in the midst of his sorrow. It seems that somewhere along the trip or, or in Rome, Epaphroditus got so sick, he was ready to die. Likely, it, it took place during the travel to Rome. Don't know for sure, but likely took place. Now, how did they know in Philippi that he was sick? It seemed, clearly, they knew. It probably wasn't just Epaphroditus coming. He was bringing with him an offering that had been taken in Philippi. There was probably a group of people traveling with the sum of money to ensure that it safely arrived. Along the way, Epaphroditus gets sick, and rather than going back, he says, no, I'm going to finish the job. And one of the other folks on the, the trip returns back to Philippi and lets them know, hey, Epaphroditus is really sick. That is likely what happened. So he gets to Rome. He's in Rome, and Paul describes it in verse 27 that he, he's not just a little bit sick here, but he was sick nigh unto death. He, he almost died. Right? And, and what happened? God had mercy on him. God healed him. He didn't allow him to die. He, he answered our prayers. He answered likely the prayers of those back in Philippi who have heard from the messenger who returned as, as they're praying about his illness and sickness. And Paul doesn't want to just leave them, and Epaphroditus doesn't want to just leave them back in Philippi begging the Lord for Epaphroditus to be healed. He wants to give an update to his prayer request. Right? He wants to let them know what happened. He's longing that they would no longer be sorrowful, but that they would be able to rejoice. 
So two reasons Epaphroditus has sent his longing, and, and secondly, they're rejoicing. Paul cares about both, and in spite of losing the one who is ministering to him, he says, I, for the sake of this church, Epaphroditus, go back for their good. And what happens? This letter, the church at Philippi is written. Prison epistle from prison. Paul writes the letter, sends it back because he's heard from Epaphroditus the report of how the things are going in Philippi. He wants to correct the things that are out of order. He wants them to go back so that they can rejoice at his healing and no longer be concerned about it. And Paul's doing it all at great personal cost to himself. One missionary sending another missionary back for the good of others. What, what an incredible heart. Right? What an incredible example. Things like this take place all the time on the field where for the good of someone else, one missionary returns home. Maybe there's a missionary team and, and one family goes back because one of, one of the other missionaries has an ailing mother or, or father back at home in the States. Think that other missionary, you know, the other missionaries want to be left alone on the field? No, they don't. But they send them home. Why? Because they love people back at home. I've heard of missionaries going back home to help their home church at times who are on a team as their home church is going through a challenge or a struggle. This, this is what uh, missionaries do. And, and so they empathize with us, but we need to make sure that we're involved in their lives and concerned about them. You know, the uh, third part of this that we see, not just to commend, not just to empathize, but third part is to honor. And we, we see the way in which Epaphroditus is told, uh, instructed, and those in Philippi are instructed to honor Epaphroditus. Verse 29 it says, receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. And, and this last part here is, is just a, a simple concept and idea that, that those who are willing to give up much for the cause of Christ are worthy of honor. And, and so... When a missionary is willing to leave home, to, to go out on the field, to leave behind family members, and, and all of those things, when, when they're willing to learn another language for the sake of the cause of Christ, when they're, when they're willing to endure uh, cultural differences, which are a challenge anywhere all over the world, there are cultural differences, different expectations. I almost got arrested in Germany. Really, I almost got arrested in Germany. I, I think so. I think I did. I'm not entirely sure exactly what all was going on. But I was in the airport in Frankfurt, Germany. And um, there was a kiosk, and I bought a Coke. And it was like $10. You know, so it was something outrageous. Um, you know, I'm calculating in my mind the exchange rate and everything. And, and it's, it's some ridiculous price. And... Um, it came to an exact amount, like an even dollar amount. And so uh, I paid for the Coke. I put it on a credit card. And uh, the lady behind the counter takes a cup 
and she drops change in it and hands me the cup. I took the change, put it in my hand, and put it in my pocket, said thank you, and walked off. She starts yelling. Apparently the cup was the tip jar, and I had just stolen her tips. <laughs> she was not happy at all. Uh, she was very angry. What, what is, that is a cultural difference, right? I was not trying to defraud the lady, right? But, but I walked off with her money. And uh, so anyway, we, we got into a little discussion about it. And I said, if, 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 if you don't want me to take the money, don't give it to me. And uh, we were talking about it. And so uh, it was a cultural difference, right? It was a cultural difference. That, that type of thing happens all the time, right? It, I'm still talking about that, I don't know, 13, 14 years later, something like I'm still talking about that. Imagine if that's your day every day, three times, four times a day, and that's what you go through, right? Every day, it's one new cultural challenge after another all day long. And, and you can be there, when, you, when you're in a foreign country, you can be there for, for decades. And if you didn't grow up there, you're still not going to have it all figured out, right? You, you just did not grow up in that culture. There, there will still be something decades later that's still just a little bit off. And even if you don't quite know what it is, you can, you can feel it. It just feels weird. What, what is that? that? That is people willing to take on burdens and challenges upon themselves for the cause of Christ. And, and when Epaphroditus is willing to do that, and he goes back from Rome over to Philippi, and, and he's willing to go and, and minister to Paul in the midst of a Roman prison. I mean, what, what equips you for that, right? I mean, I, I don't think Epaphroditus grew up saying, boy, I want to minister to somebody in prison, you know, when I'm older. That, he, he's learning the ropes, what you can do, what you can't do, how you interact. He's learning all those things. No doubt had to learn those things. Rome's a different place than Philippi. The customs of Rome are different than Philippi. And, hey, even though there's some similarity because of the Roman world, it's still going to be much different than home. And when he goes back, Paul says what he was willing to, to not just endure hardship, he was willing to go and do the work of Christ in spite of being near death. He went through it all. He, he wasn't concerned, not even for his life, and, and, and he did it on your behalf. Now, this was not a shot at those in Philippi, right, to supply your lack of service toward me. Paul's not slamming them there. What he's saying is that you're back in Philippi, it's limited what you can do for me, and Epaphroditus came in and filled in the gap, right? He, he, he filled in what was missing, and, and a, he, he's expressing his thankfulness for him. And so he said, so when, when he comes back to you, honor him. He's worthy of honor. So let me, let me just ask you this morning, um, as you, you think about this, um, and, and this, is, this is preaching to me a little bit here, because I will be the first one to admit that I'm not always good at getting the missionary letters out, right, like I should. But 
When's the last time you've had an update on a missionary or read a prayer letter from a missionary? When's the last time you've read through what they were going through? When's the last time you've had an update or read a newsletter on what's going on? Well, next Sunday, we're going to have the weights with us, right? And we're going to get an update about what's going on in Slovakia. And um, the Waits have, have taken trips over to Poland with Anya's parents to help with the Ukrainian refugees over there uh, to supply their needs as well. And l- let me encourage you, as the Waits come, to remember these things, right? They are worthy of our commendation. They are worthy for us to empathize with what they're going through and the struggles they're facing. They are certainly worthy of our honor for their service to the Lord on the field. Leanne's parents, the Murrs, were missionaries to Africa, and um, Leanne kind of spent some time around Grace a little bit growing up. So uh, this is very much a homecoming in, in some ways, and so I encourage you just to uh, think of those who, who have been supported out of here for a long period of time and, and honor when they, them when they come next week. We, we should have our hearts prepared for our missionaries. And that's very much what Paul is doing in this section of the letter as he writes to those in Philippi. He is preparing their hearts as they receive Epaphroditus back to them, even somebody they know. And so the timing of this is great because we're about to have the weights here with us as we seek to prepare our hearts to receive them next week as well. I'll try to do a better job getting the prayer letters out, okay? Usually I put those on the emails and I'll put those links in there. Um, and so um, I'll make sure that I have something at least this coming Wednesday in there. Can I encourage you to read it? Pray for them. Pray for what's going on. If you're not on the email list, mark it on your blue card. Check, check that you want the emails and I'll make sure you get on there this week. Uh, but let's let the Lord just prepare our hearts as we... As we Uh, think about uh, our missionaries and how we can honor and serve them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the preparation and example uh, for those at Philippi in terms of their need uh, to reach out and serve missionaries. Lord, we, we, we do pray for the waits as they prepare to come here, safety in their travel. Uh, Lord, we pray that that we would be receptive to them, that we would give them the honor that they're due. And uh, Lord, that that as we hear about what they've gone through, that, that we would be moved with compassion, considering the ways in which we can better serve them. Father, we, we pray also just for our hearts in general as we think about our disposition toward missionaries. Father, we pray that that we would be burdened for those who we don't see every day. Father, the, the things that are not right before our eyes, the things that, that are away, would not lose our, lose our attention or focus, that, that, Father, we would remember those who are serving day by day for your glory. Father, we know that our hearts are often hard and cold. Father, it's easy to forget 
in the midst of our daily challenges, those who are faithfully serving with their own challenges. We pray, Lord, that you would do a work in our hearts today, that we would have greater compassion and concern for your servants around the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.